and welcome in to the penultimate episode of the season wow. for the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly one-stop shop talk shop for movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us this week on December the 24th. Yes, that's right. Christmas Eve 2022. For those of you watching us on YouTube, we are in our holiday sweaters. Yes, yes. Well, sort of. Uh, he's in a holiday sweater. I'm in a sweater. Any uh, sweater you wear during the holidays is a, holiday, a holiday sweater. sweater. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for joining us. Yep. Uh, just regular show today. Uh, if you are paying attention to our podcast feed, though, you have been uh, given a wealth of gifts this month of December, as we are currently in the middle of our year-end wrap-up series. And boy, was a wealth of a gift this past episode where we did yes. television. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two straight hours of us talking about the year in television and our favorite TV shows. That's up this week, so you should have that in your feeds. Coming up after, of course, episodes where we wrapped up video games and music before that, we have movies coming this week. We waited on this one because there are some new releases that we want to cram in before we're able to make a list. Yes, so. all those damn holiday Christmas releases scheduled. Uh, yes. yes, we need to like put this out by the end of the year, so it counts for Oscar. Kind yes. Of. yes, so look forward to that this coming Wednesday on your podcast feed. Mm-hmm. And then we will wrap up the year in a tight little package uh, at the last possible moment on the 31st um giving you a year wrap up in our own lives in the world as lo- at large and a look forward into 2023 the year to come and then yeah that'll be it for this season of the media boat podcast we'll go into what season seven i think is next yes wow that's, that's wild yeah, you know by, seven, the, seven years. by the time but by the time a tv show usually gets to season seven it's usually run its course like you have like marriages and babies, you know, you have like maybe some weaker writing or maybe a renaissance of where the writing starts coming back and like it's good again. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we already had a marriage during our run. Right. So. And we did the wedding. We haven't we done the, the baby episode. yet, though. So let's wait and see <laughs> what next season has to offer. Hmm, next year. Uh, is that, that the next projection then? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> You know, we need a we need a readings bump for sweeps. So hey, you know you know when to when to time that. Wait, like that that kind of bump? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Bump, multiple <laughs> kinds of bumps. Anyways, well, uh, get ready to take your bumps because here's a podcast. Um, I don't know. How do you want to do it? Uh, do you want to just uh, have me just race yeah. through these? Uh, well, we're kind of doing this remotely because it is yeah. Christmas Eve after all. So yeah, let's just kind of race through this. Yeah, let's just. We got to get to the end here because I got some thoughts on some movies. So let's get to your thoughts by starting at the top. And we always start the podcast with the music section. And we start the music section with the Billboard Hot 100, your top singles in the land. Christmas. You know it's Christmas time. Yes. All five of them. All I need to say is Christmas here. Not all five this week. Oh, no. There's um, a three. There's a snuck in. person this week uh, but first of all your number one is still all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey crown number her two, as you yeah, do christmas queen as she likes to be called number two rocking around the christmas tree by brendan lee brendan brendan wow brendan, where did that come from <laughs> i don't know just added it in there number three your new uh edition in the top five this week sizza with kill bill the single off of her new record sos which we'll talk about in the album chart in a moment 
And uh, number four, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. And number five, A Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. So usual suspects here, except for SZA. Mm -hmm. Moving on to your album chart, your Billboard 200. Number one this week, debuting at number one, and her first number one record, SOS by SZA, uh, dethroning Taylor at the top of this top five. Everyone listen to it. Congratulations on uh, SZA's win here. Number two, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Number three, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. Number four, Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. And rounding out your top five, your only Christmas album here, Christmas by Michael Bublé. So does this mean next year we get a new Pentatonix album? <laughs> you think they're due? You think that the Pentatonix did not show yeah. this year? Because they did not show. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if they're still a, a working entity. I don't know. They show up for all the holiday specials, so they got to be working somehow. I didn't see them at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year. <gasps> so that's why I'm asking, like, does Pentatonic, is Pentatonic still together? Did they break up? Well, they were there for the um, the Lightning of the Christmas Tree, Rockefeller Center. Oh, Rockefeller Center. Okay. Then I stand corrected. But then again, right. so was Andrea Pacelli and his children. So wow, maybe little they're Bocellis. the new ones. Yes. I saw the that they did, the Pacelli family did a Simpsons short. They did a Simpsons short, Yes. As I refuse well. to watch that, but what? <laughs> what? Where are we with the Simpsons shorts these days? Billy, Billy Eilish did one. And who knows? I have, I can't keep track of that. Anyways, those are your Billboard charts. New releases. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it is the holiday doldrums. No new releases until mid-January mm-hmm. is what we're looking at right now. But we said the same thing about last week and then or two weeks ago then SZA came out with a new you, album so keep saying this and there's always that threat that Taylor <laughs> might drop some sort of Taylor's version uh but we have yet to see it so we'll see all right saying, by the to... end of the year there's literally one week left yeah we'll yeah there's only so many days left where she yes. could possibly do that let's move on to our music stories this week um and the biggest story of the yeah. week in music Biggest story, which is a follow-up to something we've been covering for a while here on the mm-hmm. podcast. Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion, of course. Uh, this is the story about the roadside shooting uh, in which Tory Lanes shot at Megan the Stallion. She uh, suffered bullet wounds, I believe, in her foot, right? Yes. Um, the jury announced, though, that he is officially found guilty in the Los Angeles trial. This announced on Friday. Lanes, whose legal name is Daystar Peterson. Let's talk about that for a second. His legal name is Daystar. His stage name is Tori. You think that, you know, that would be swapped, but... I don't know. I feel like Daystar Peterson is a stage name. Yeah, that's the one I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Like, it sounds more like the stage name. Anyway, he was found guilty on all three felony firearm counts over an incident in which fellow rapper Megan Thee Stallion, whose real name is Megan Pete, alleged he shot her in the feet after they left a Hollywood Hills party at Kylie Jenner's home in 2020. Peterson was convicted on one felony count each of assault with a semi-automatic firearm, negligent discharge of a firearm, and carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle. The Canadian rapper pleaded not guilty back in November 2020, but now faces up to 22 years and eight months in prison, along with subsequent deportation. A sentencing hearing is set for January 27th. Oh, no. Deportation back to Canada. I know. Yeah. Oh, no. The Canadian government. What will they do? Um, The 22 years in uh, prison. 
But the most important thing here, just this is justice for Megan, which is what uh, her fans have been asking for a while. I mean, Tory Lanez and other rappers in this kind of area, I'm looking at you, Drake, have made fun of this incident and not taken it seriously. Whereas Megan, meanwhile, is like, dude, I was a victim of a shooting. Why is no taking this seriously? So it's good to see justice being done here and uh, Tory being actually punished for some stupid thing that he did. Yes, but now Daystar gets to take the full brunt of the punishment yes, in right. 22 years and eight months in prison. So is this the last... Pending we... good behavior. Yeah, so is this the last we hear of Tory Lanez for a while? No, Maybe? because pending... Um, was it? Uh, right. Legal matters. Yeah, how the case goes. How the case goes. Um, sentencing hearing, like, what's the official one? Faces up to 22 years. That means that's the maximum. They could right. be given less. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then keep... appeals. Yes, exactly. Anything can happen. We'll keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Justin Bieber is keeping an eye on his wallet as he is nearing a deal to sell his music rights to Blackstone backed Hypnosis Songs Capital. Hey, this sounds familiar. Dollars. Yes, it sounds familiar. This was a recurring story throughout 2022. We talked about this on our year-end wrap-up show for music. A lot of prominent artists decided that this was the time to sell their catalogs, and it looks like Justin is eyeing the same kind of deal. This was first. Uh, this news was uh, rumored for weeks, uh, was first reported by Hits and the Wall Street Journal. The deal, which sources stress is not yet done, includes Beaver's shares of his publishing and recorded music catalog, which sources tell Variety will continue to be administered and owned, respectively, by Universal, even if the deal closes. Reps for Bieber and Hypnosis either declined or did not respond to Variety's request for comment. Oh, by the way, I think I skipped this uh, for around $200 million. So quite a pretty penny for Justin's catalog there. I think uh, the other Justin, Justin Timberlake, was also yes. for about $200 million. Yes, that checks out. Um, and they're about, I feel like their careers are about comparable at this point. Um, although Justin keeps threatening to come back and I hope he doesn't <laughs> stay in, stay in. Weird. Yes, but this is now the third or fourth person mm-hmm. Hypnosis Capital has yes. purchased their entire catalog to. Hypnosis. Just um, this year. Yeah, is really making moves in the catalog business. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, um, I don't think so you think he's, music well, you think he sold it because of his uh, recent diagnosis? It's possible, but also I just think this is a time to sell. And I think that that's the theme that we've been seeing is the market in a way right now music is such a complicated monster right now it's not good for anybody in fact actually this is a good time to uh, promote something nothing i have to do with but something i just enjoyed this week um pitchfork has a piece this week by jen pelly about mental health and touring amongst musicians it's a long form read it takes a little bit but it's worth reading it goes into a lot of interviews in there with artists and with psychologists and people who are working like to solve the problem of the unique mental struggles of people who do tour and how hard it is to tour right now. Fascinating read, worth worth a few uh, uh, minutes of your time. Go check that out on Pitchfork. I really enjoyed it this week. But anyway, uh, so yeah, it's like that is just a piece of the puzzle, right? It's like there's yeah. so many things, reasons why you'd want someone else to take care of your stuff right now because. I'm sure Justin, with dealing all of that this week or this year, um, is probably one of many artists who are thinking about like, man, it would be easier if I didn't have to worry about every single piece of my career, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's probably part of it. All right. 
Anything that you listen to this week besides Christmas music? Because I got nothing. Lots of Christmas music and a couple of midnights, but mostly Christmas music. <laughs> also, some Palomino. There you go. I, speaking of Taylor and Christmas, um, I saw on an Apple Christmas Hits playlist that Tis the Damn Season was on it. And I was like, that's not a Christmas song. <laughs> but I appreciate I appreciate the angle that they're taking. But I wouldn't even go that far. She mm. has a Christmas song. She has Christmas tree farm. Yes. Anyway, let's move on uh, to the next section of our podcast, which is video games. And if you're looking forward to new releases, well, too bad. There's none, nothing until January for them as well. Yep. Well, uh, the last new release, High on Life, yes. already came out. And that was the last, we'll call it a triple A game. Yeah. A double. I would say double. Okay, double A game. <laughs> kind of a made up, made up term, but I'd yeah. say yeah, that's a B game. That's a solid B game to me. In fact, what a good segue because our first story this week is also about High on Life. High on Life has broken several notable Xbox Game Pass engagement records. Microsoft announced on Tuesday, Squanch Games, the developer, uh, and their comedy first-person shooter, uh, released on December twelfth and is available as both as part of Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Mm -hmm. According to Microsoft, Higher Life is Xbox Game Pass's biggest launch of 2022 and the biggest third-party Game Pass launch of all time and the biggest release of a single-player-only game in the subscription service's history. The above statistics are based on the number of hours played in the, first, in the game's first five days of availability. Quote, this was the first time launching a game with Game Pass, and we've been blown away by the resp response from the players who have made us the most popular game on the service right now, said Squatch Games studio director Mike Fridley. When Squatch Games was first created, it was first it was to make the games we wanted to play, and Game Pass is helping us reach the players we want to play those games too. Yeah, this surprised a lot of people. This kind of surprised even Squatch Games, I think, mm -hmm. and Microsoft. Everyone involved was like, man word of mouth really did this game a favor everyone in the game circles started talking about it and everybody who owned an xbox basically got to play it and i think it really proves that when game pass works it really really works and it gets your game out there it's also something that if people have they're just going to download at least try it for the first hour and if you make a good enough game to hook you within that first hour people are going to keep playing it yeah, and even though it wasn't my thing, I understand a lot of people do really enjoy this game, and uh, I'll power Doom. Um, I, I like the effort. I, I I appreciate some of the stuff that the game is doing, and its popularity is proving that it works. That's a formula that works, and I'm sure Squanch will probably release their next project on Game Pass as well. Uh, uh, much like when we talk about TV, when you allow creators to create something that they are passionate yeah. about, it shows in people enjoying it as well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of people enjoying things, well, people enjoy something a little too much. Uh, in fact, maybe to the detriment of their wallet, and the FTC picked up on this. Yes, we're talking about the FTC again, but this is not about Activision Blizzard and Microsoft. No, instead, the FTC has turned their sights to Epic and Fortnite. Yes, this story hit basically right as I started getting into Fortnite. I started wondering, is this dangerous for me? Did yes. I fall? Did I fall victim to some dark patterns as well? Well, Maybe. this is also part of something that we talked about two years ago. Yes, as well that the FCC was looking into when loot boxes and loot crates were the big kind of gotcha system. Yes, that we talked about two years ago. Well, there are no loot crates or uh, a 
the gotcha system in Fortnite. I should mention that it is Not basically anymore. a pay as you go mm -hmm. kind of thing. You have to pay for the things individually. But that didn't stop the FTC from complaining and bringing some complaints to Epic. Epic has decided to settle and now are agreed have agreed to pay over half a billion dollars to or, settle these complaints. Or to put that in Epic Games terms, <laughs> two days worth of income. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly, uh, roughly six hundred thousand V bucks. Anyways, <laughs> six hundred million V V bucks. Anyways, in two separate record-breaking settlements, the FTC said Epic will pay a two hundred seventy-five million dollar penalty for violating the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or HIPAA, and two hundred forty-five million dollars to refund customers tricked into making unwanted charges. In a federal complaint, the FTC had alleged that Epic violated the COPPA by collecting the personal information of Fortnite players under the age of 13 without notifying their parents or obtaining verifiable consent from a guardian. It also said that Epic had violated the FTC Act by enabling real-time voice and text communications for children's and teens by default, resulting in some players being bullied, threatened, harassed, and exposed to dangerous and psychologically traumatizing issues. Epic will now be prohibited from enabling voice and text communications for children and teens unless affirmative consent is provided through a privacy setting. In a separate complaint, the FTC alleged that Epic used dark patterns and billing practices to trick players of all ages into making unwanted purchases and let children amass unauthorized charges without any parental involvement. Uh, so first question for you. Do you know what, have you heard the term dark patterns before? Uh, no. So, not, not in terms of like gaming. This is something I learned, uh, relatively re I learned about relatively recently. In fact, if you want to learn more about dark, dark patterns, there's an excellent video that Giant Bomb did this, this year in their program called The Very Online Show. They did a whole episode about dark patterns. I recommend looking that up. It's a really good primer on what they are and what they do and how to spot them. But basically, uh, to put it in layman's terms, uh, dark patterns are nefarious, like basically things that are with nefarious intent that make it too easy to purchase things. So according to the FCC, FTC, basically, if you like, for example, how Fortnite's purchases work, you have to hold down a button in order to make a purchase, right? Mm -hmm. But depending on the length of how, whole, how, you, how long you have to hold that down, it could be extremely easy to do. And so part of the FTC complaint was like, oh, well, if you accidentally, if a kid accidentally like put their finger down on their phone and lasted maybe one or two more seconds than they intended, all of a sudden they're out potentially $80 on a purchase. And that's their parents' uh, credit card attached to that phone. And they won't even know that they did it because they're children. That's a dark pattern. Basically, it's something that like is too easy, so easy, in fact, that a kid could accidentally do it. And you could be encouraged to do it more and more and more because of how easy it is. It's basically with ill intent. Yeah, it's a uh, game design or mechanic uh, by the game by the designers um, that basically creates a negative experience for the player, yeah. both without their consent and without their best interest. And usually, the kicker is is it's especially a dark pattern if the company knows that it works and they still implement it. Mm -hmm. Basically, if they do it because they know that it works really well and they don't apologize for it and they don't move it back. That's the most dark part about the dark patterns. 
Anyway, so that's what's happening See, here. For me, the dark pattern of billing practices means accidentally <laughs> signing up for recurring charges when you just yes. want to purchase it one time. That's a extremely, probably the most popular dark pattern is the, we didn't tell you this was going to be a monthly or annual fee until you had to pay for it and you found out mm -hmm. the hard way. So you looked at your credit card statement and all of a sudden you had a purchase there. Um, I actually used to work for a company that had a dark, a pretty nefarious dark pattern that we actually got really in trouble for. Uh, when I sold Microsoft Office projects for uh, pro uh, products for a, mm -hmm. let's say, an unknown uh, company. I won't throw them under the bus here. We had a thing where a box for a um, a newsletter would automatically, or no, not even a newsletter. It was for something for like extra protection or something on your purchase would be automatically checked and you had to physically uncheck it. That is illegal. I found out later. That is straight up illegal. You cannot, by FTC rules, do that. I know a lot of companies used to do that where everything yeah. was automatically checked up. You can't do that anymore. Letter, like, do you consent yeah. to receive newsletters and all this stuff? Yeah. When I was there in 2016, you already couldn't do it, but we were still doing it and we got mm -hmm. really in trouble for it. But anyway, so yeah, dark patterns. Uh, look it up. Like I said, I recommend that video uh, for more information. But yeah, uh, I'm so, so there's two things I actually wanted to mention here about some of the, some of the complaints here. So it seems like Epic is already starting to maybe tool around with some ideas to dodge some of these complaints. I noticed when I signed up, the first time I played Fortnite, it did not age gate me. And I thought that for, at first it was like, oh, I wonder if this is because it's attached to my Microsoft account and they that know how old I am from that. But then the second time I played, it did. And I was starting to think, it's like, I wonder if part of this FTC complaint is, is that a kid can start playing Fortnite without being age gated. And well, like I said, the, the first time you're going to play is you're playing yeah. against bots and trying to get you to like yeah. want to keep playing. So I understand. So yeah, so you're I not playing against other people those first couple times. So yeah. But when you actually like they put you on a server to play against other people, they kind of have to because they know you're not playing like a game by yourself against other like yeah. AI components. You're playing against other people who are subject to um all this voice and text and real-time communication. Yeah. And the second thing is, is yes, this is FTC is also correct. I had to go in and manually turn off uh, Universal Game Chat, uh, mm -hmm. which in most games you do. But I understand that if kids are playing it, it's a good idea to have that as the default. Um, Epic's response to this was actually kind of interesting. This isn't... Oh, my God, Siri. Um, Epic's response to this was interesting. It's not in the story, but I saw it elsewhere. Their response to this was like, Basically of like, oh, we didn't know. They were like, oh, well, we didn't know we had to comply by COPA by putting out a T-rated game. They thought they were protected by the fact that this is a T-rated game. They're like, oh, we didn't know that teen and mature rated games had to comply with COPA. Of course they do. Like, they thought they were shielded, basically, mm -hmm. by the ESRB. And they're not, uh, which is an interesting thing. I'm surprised that they, they're just now realizing that. But yeah, <laughs> it definitely tells you that the FTC has to draw a line here which is, it doesn't matter if it's a game that's not intended for children. It, children have access to it, and it's very easy for children to have access to it, say, if there isn't an age gate when you sign up, or if there isn't, like, a, a privacy requirement for every, like, for, for voice chat or for payments, then they have to protect against that. It's going to happen. See, I think, see, what makes uh, Fortnite different from other games, for, for most other games, is that it's free to play, it's free to download. Yeah. 
And that's where they're wrong because you can age gate based off of like a price point. You can age gate like at a dealer or yeah. like, like GameStop, Best Buy, whatever, saying like, hey, this is an M-rated game. You yeah. look like you're 10. I'm yeah. not going to sell you this game. Whereas yeah. if it's a free game, what's there to stop them? Yeah, uh, it's too easy. And I think the FTC has a point here. And you know what? Good for all those parents who are going to get some money back from this. Uh, from like, I bet there's probably parents who are like, my kid accidentally bought like hundreds of dollars of V-Bucks and this sucks. They're finally going to potentially get some money back from this. Mm-hmm. That's good for them. So yeah, slap on the wrist for Epic. I'm sure this is nothing compared to the mountains of money that they bring in every year from from Fortnite. But um, it'll be interesting how they choose to make these changes in the future. And um, yeah, I'll report back if I see any major changes in the game because mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop playing Fortnite anytime soon. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's move on to uh, thoughts. Do we play any video games this week besides mm. Fortnite? <laughs> uh, I did play a lot more Vampire Survivors on my phone. Hell yeah, you did. And I did get a lot further in it on my phone than I did on the computer. Really? You like it better on the phone? Uh, I don't not say I like it better. But it makes yeah. it a lot easier to play. I can't imagine. I tried it on the iPad, and I was like, "This is this is too hard." I like the controller. Yeah, but it makes it a lot easier to play. But I just want to play two games or like a game real quick, and then yeah. try to go to my computer and try and fire that up, and then play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I like the pocket version. It's right, a lot well, fits my on the go lifestyle. Hey, to each their own. Much like a Steam Deck would also fix that on-the-go lifestyle. Or so oh, wow. Cold. Okay. So it's a, hot, a baller over here. You know, they're pretty available. You could just buy one if you want. Oh, no. I know. Or I could wait for tomorrow to see if one player is under the tree. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know who was going to spend that much money on you, but uh, we'll see. Wow, that would be quite a coup. Next week, you can roll in show off a Steam Deck. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's move on then. If we didn't play any video games, maybe next week we'll have some things to say. Uh, but until then, let's move on to the second half of the show. We start with television, and this television section only starts with the sports corner or the sports wall, as you're pointing to here. Argentina is your big winner in the World Cup, uh, beating France. Technically, they tied. Yeah. And the regulation was but, uh, three to three. But. But shootouts. Yeah, you win in penalty kicks. You still yes. win. Congratulations to Argentina. Also, congratulations to Mbappe. Yeah. You scored four goals in the World Cup. You had a hat trick, okay. and you still lost. Blade your teammates on that one. Okay, what are you going to do? Score um, a fifth goal. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations to Argentina. Uh, yeah, uh, good World Cup. I think overall, feels like it went the way most people thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Especially at the end. A couple of surprises, like in the quarters and uh, round of 16. But overall, like, your major players are going to majorly play in the big stages. <laughs> and so thus you have, major players are majorly play. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's why you have Argentina versus France and not, say, yeah. Morocco or Croatia in the right. finals. Yeah, made sense. The people who had the, the teams that could stay around stayed around. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of staying around, billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishiba, meanwhile in the world of basketball, has agreed to purchase the majority stake of the Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Mercury for a record price of $4 billion, Ashiva and current owner Robert Sarver announced on Tuesday. So the biggest deal in professional sports is 
uh, in NBA yeah. is $4 billion. Wow. Um, do note that this does follow the tumultuous time that the Phoenix Suns have had with Robert Sarver since yeah. 20, since last year, 2021, I think. Yeah, because I think it was after COVID, after oh, 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, where like it came out that he said some racial slurs, mm -hmm. um, did some un do some shady practices as well. Uh, so they finally found uh, someone else to buy him. Yeah, the tune of four billion dollars, though. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, but it is both the Suns and the WNBA yeah. Mercury. Two teams. So yeah. So is this good news for the Suns? Do you think the Suns, um, with new, under new management, can uh, can make a play for some actual uh, good games here? Like, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I just want to figure out how a mortgage lender has four billion dollars <laughs> when they're lending out money. He's got. You got to have money to lend money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and instead of lending four billion dollars to you know people who could need it. He's going to lend it to an already billionaire for yeah. the purchase of a son. Yeah. A, a son, the sons. A son and a Mercury. Yeah. So um, anything else in sports? I understand there's uh, some uh, NFL games this weekend for the Christmas. There's NFL games today. So yeah. while the NCAA Bowl season continues, both games will be played today and into next week. The actual ones that you care about um, for the national championship are going to take place next saturday all right which we'll means nfl gets to play today yeah so as of today's recording because we record on saturday a majority of the nfl teams are playing today we have a couple christmas games on sunday which is why they're not all playing on sunday right and then one monday night game well, but the season is approaching to its conclusion here yeah and more teams will get their um Playoff holes, playoff punches, playoff tickets punched. Yeah. Um, this weekend, and hopefully by the end of the week, we have a better uh, picture of who's in, who's out, and who's working around. <laughs> All right. What's your prediction? Early December twenty fourth prediction for uh, Super Bowl here. What do you, what do you got? Uh, still think the Bills. Bills. Uh, probably Bills or Chiefs because AFC. Yeah. Um, but. For those of you in fantasy football, <laughs> this week is the semifinals. Unless your team never reverted or never changed the new rules, in this case, this week would be your finals. Uh, but yeah, this is your semifinal weekend. I'm thankfully in both semifinals of both of my leagues. Yeah. But tough uphill climb into that championship for next week, so we'll, well see. Good luck on that one. And we move from... Fantasy football to television football as a big deal has been made in the world of NFL Sunday ticket. But no, it's not with Apple, as we previously discussed it might be. No, the big winner is Google and YouTube, as the National Football League announced a packed Thursday, making YouTube the exclusive home of Sunday ticket out-of-market games package, starting with the 2023 season. Next the deal year. Ends, yes. The deal ends DirecTV's Sunday Ticket Stewardship, after 28 years of owning that service. Starting next season, under the seven-year deal, NFL Sunday Ticket will be available as an add-on package on YouTube TV and on a standalone a la carte basis on YouTube's recently launched primetime channels, which doesn't require a subscription to YouTube TV. YouTube TV, uh, or YouTube didn't announce pricing for Sunday Ticket quite yet, so we'll wait on that one. For the 22-22 season, 
DirecTV Sunday ticket plan started at $293.94. YouTube will pay on average $2 billion per year uh, deal for Sunday ticket, plus the potential for additional performance-based fees. That's a bump up from the $1.5 billion deal that DirecTV had reportedly paid per year for Sunday ticket rights. The satellite TV provider has said somewhere but or has said had somewhere between 1.5 million to 2 million subscribers for the package, according to industry estimates. The NFL and YouTube said they will work together to quote determine additional ways to support distribution of NFL Sunday ticket in commercial establishments such as bars and restaurants. That could represent an additional $200 million in payments from Google. Before YouTube TV clinched the Sunday ticket bid, the NFL also said was said to have been in talks with Apple, Amazon, and ESPN. So, big winner, YouTube TV. Do you think this is lucrative enough for you to consider it? It is lucrative enough for everyone to consider it because, <laughs> as it said in the article, you don't need to pay for YouTube TV yeah. to get Sunday Ticket. However, what if it's just as expensive as it was on DirecTV? Don't care because you're no longer paying for DirecTV. Also, as a Rams fan, as a home team fan... Are you that excited for a package that's just out of market games? Well, as someone who ha- who primarily watches Red Zone, no. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. That's the thing is I feel like you for the way you want to watch football, I feel like Red Zone does that for you. Yeah. So this maybe not for you. No, um Sunday ticket has never been for me. Yeah. But for everyone else who doesn't subscribe to Red Zone or Out of Market Games and can't get their local teams that yeah. they want to watch. This is a perfect alternative to it because it's, it's online. Yeah. It's YouTube. Everyone can access yeah. it. Uh, the fact that you can get it a la carte without paying for YouTube Plus or YouTube TV means that you no longer are subscribed and have right. to be tied to a, um, a, a satellite company, a, yeah. an internet company. You know, I know why they do do it. I know why this doesn't exist, because it would be a logistics nightmare with games happening, like, say, five days out of seven days of the week. Mm-hmm. But, man, I would pay so much for a Red Zone equivalent for baseball. I mean, like, MLB TV? But it's not, that's not that. That's not, it's not that, that, that Yeah. No. No, I'm saying, like, a thing that just runs, like, dur- like, a, like during the day that just shows me every big, like, big play... Like every home oh, like run. Red zone. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, so they don't play the same. Yeah, they don't. I thought you meant like a, a t- Sunday ticket. No, no, that exists. Yeah, that exists. That's MLB TV. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, but they don't play at the same time. That's the only That's what thing. I'm saying. I Like, that's why I prefaced this with I understand why it doesn't exist. But yeah. man, I would pay for that. Because <laughs> that would be like a cool way of actually staying up on like to where what all the teams are doing like that mm-hmm. way because it's impossible to follow more than like one team in baseball like it, you get lost so so fast because you're like you'd have to read so much <laughs> like you'd have to be like you'd have to listen to so many baseball podcasts to get mm-hmm. that it would just be such so time what time, time investing and it was just like i don't know that kind of time one team is enough to keep track of <laughs> it's like already like i said five games a week practically some weeks like yeah, so let's uh, let's put this into a money term. So they're going to pay two billion dollars a year for sending the ticket. Yeah, using Directv's current pricing of let's say three hundred million or three hundred dollars for at most two million subscribers. That's six hundred million plus the additional two million for uh two hundred million for for <laughs> uh, yes bars yeah. and restaurants. Chili's. Yeah, the last game of Chili's. 
So that's eight hundred million a year mm-hmm. just now going into it. And they're paying two yeah. billion a year. Is this yeah. gonna be equitable? And they're saying that's not including potential like bonuses essentially for performance. Like if they get a certain threshold of subscribers, of subscribers. that could go up. Yeah. Is it <laughs> at all like profitable then? Yes. Because <laughs> so. NFL? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's there's a lot of money here. There's a lot of money any way you shake it. So, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting deal. I bet YouTube is very happy that they nailed this down. And yeah, we'll see how they take care of it. I'm sorry, it's weird because, like, according to like the money, how it shakes out right now, you're only making about a billion dollars a year. Only a billion. but you're paying two billion per year so you're like unless you bring in a whole lot more subscribers or raise that price i think that's the idea is that they think because the thing was is that direct tv is limiting because of it's uh, uh, because satellite is a dying media Mm -hmm. like even direct tv direct tv themselves have a streaming option now because they themselves realize that it's not necessarily a future business so, Even though at the time it did sound futuristic, <laughs> right. like TV. Oh, yeah. No, I remember being like seven and going to my cousin's house in Visalia. And like they had a direct TV dish and it blew mm-hmm. my mind. Because that was before we even had like, dig- before I had even seen digital cable. And so right. it was just like so many channels. And literally the first time I saw a guide on the television screen, I was like, <laughs> what is this magic? You can choose what you want to see by going down a list of things. You don't have to guess. You don't have to look at a TV guide. Right. It tells you what's on TV. You don't have to open the TV guide. You're right. Like, it's wild. Blew my mind, this little seven-year-old. You just pull up whatever movies on TV is. Matt, your age is showing. I know. The Zoomers, (laughs) any Zoomer listening to this, be like, wait, what? Is that what the TV guide was for? Like, the guide is anymore. They're like, no, you just go to Netflix and you pick a show. What are you talking about? Anyway. All right, let's move on. We spent too much time on that story. But our second story, we move also into the streaming world with a story about Netflix. Yes, it's finally happening. They threatened, but they're finally doing it. As part of its plans for 2023, Netflix has announced that it will be ending its password sharing feature, quote-unquote feature, uh, at midnight on December 31st of this year. The platform had to endure another quote-unquote here, um, a huge subscriber exodus in the first quarter of 2022, partly due to the fact that fewer people were spending time at home. Since and definitely then, not because of the fact that they were putting um, out worse and worse content. Right? Oh, yeah, and canceling half of their shows. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not because of that. Anyways, uh, since then, the company has been mulling over initiatives that might help boost its subscribers once more. The streamer intends to set up systems that will hinder subscribers from sharing their Netflix passwords with devices outside their homes unless they pay to do so. The plan is already undergoing a test run on the streamer's Latin American countries version, with the process involving validation codes on login pages and the option to add a second user. I got a got a tip for your good, uh, validation code: take a picture and text it to your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Not rocket science, people. Anyways, and the option to add a second user. It remains unclear how the plan might work in the U.S. and other parts of the world, however. It is not the only trick Netflix has employed to boost its subscriber numbers. The streamer has only this past November launched a lower-cost ad-supported subscription tier. However, a recent report, report does hint that that option is not the most favored on the platform. Really? You don't say the thing about, that serves you ads is not popular? 
about two percent of the people who are subscribed to Netflix are subscribed to the ad tier version. I think the way that uh, that I think that we need to pitch it to these streamers because all of them are trying this. Mm-hmm. People would rather pay more to not see ads. People hate ads more than they hate paying more. Mm-hmm. That's just how it's going to be. And so these tiers are never going to make a huge impact. It's going to be a good option, I guess, to have if you'd like to take the hit. But most people just don't like ads that much. Like most people just do not want to even think about having ads on their platform. And most people want a family plan. Mm-hmm. People would rather pay 20 bucks a month for a family plan of yeah. four to have multiple accounts and everyone can just pitch in at five bucks a month. Yeah, I don't think the password stuff will work for the reasons I mentioned and more. Like, I think yes. it's very easy to share, even if you do like an activation code. Also, VPNs exist. So if they do stuff that like is IP location tracking, even that is only limited to the people's ability to dodge it. Like, it's they're, they're not going to be able to stop this. Like, it's, it's the increased two-step verification process. Also, yeah. what if you don't have a cell phone? They have to account for that. Yeah. yeah we mean, ran into this yeah, with but, video games this year. It's like with Overwatch yeah. 2, it's like that's also going to get you into legal hot water. Yeah. Now you got to go and uh, verify through my email already. But yeah, yeah. It's not going to work. I don't know. They're going to try, but it's not going to work, Netflix. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Let's I already do on. too many two step verification for work. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, get, I, get the, I get the security on it, but also. You're a media company. Stop. There's no reason to secure Netflix. It's fine. You're not going to gain subscribers by making it worse of an experience to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, should we talk about this in one year? We lost even more subscribers. We don't know how. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. Real smart guys. Yep. All right. So you have a couple of thoughts. You watched a couple of uh, Disney Plus holiday style programming this week. Uh, one's not technically a holiday. I think one's uh, timed for families at the holidays, I think, and the other yeah. is explicitly holiday. Yeah. yeah. So, the one time for the holidays for the family, National Treasure, Edge of History, yeah. which we had talked about and announced um, earlier this year that it was coming back yes. uh, without Nicolas Cage in it. Yes. So, I haven't checked this out yet. This is a series that is a spinoff yes. of the National Treasure films. Yes. It's on our uh, list. We will we will get to that. Probably maybe today. Maybe we'll get to that today. She seems to be excited about it. So cool. Uh temper those expectations. It's not gonna be anything Uh-oh. like the first films. Okay. It is going to be very uh CW esque. Oh, that's not hey. We are a uh, we are the Riverdale faithful here in the, this household. So CW is not necessarily a bad word here. Yes. So okay, I'm listening. All right. So it's not it's not that bad that you'd think it is, but okay. it's also not that very cringeworthy. Uh, your main character is a little bit of a uh, crypto nut. I'm sorry, cryptid nut. Okay. No, but cryptid. They like. You scared me for a second. I was gonna say it's like, wait, she really into NFTs? No, not crypto cryptids. So she likes solving puzzles. Yes. Okay. Uh, And that's kind of like the main hook that they took from the natural treasures. Like, yeah, it's a treasure hunt through American history. Yeah, yeah. And so it's there's three episodes out. It's a lot of that, but it's also um, not just American history, but also like Mesoamerican history. Um, the treasure they're chasing for is Aztec Inca, but yeah. also separate from National Treasure 2, which was about El Dorado. <laughs> yeah. Not like that, but it's also a different treasure. 
Uh, and it's fine. I think it is more kid friendly than adult friendly. So sure. if you look online, you'll see a lot more of the adults who are like, I like the actual treasure. I don't like this because it's not aimed for you. Yeah, it's fam- it strikes me as a family approach to that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It's a very family friendly thing. It's very much in the same vein of like a CW-esque show where it's for young teenagers, young adults, and throws in the both puzzle solving and like history, like American Americana history, not American history, but Americana history. Like the third episode deals with um, Elvis Presley. Okay. So you know, more Americana than just so we're moving more modern, more modern history than the Declaration of Independence for reference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's fine. It's not fine. the, the like, worst show that people are like claiming it to be. It's a fine <laughs> show. There's yeah. other worst shows that were released this year. Even on Disney Plus. Even on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's more or less okay. I don't feel too, too like, you scared me for a second there, but I don't feel too off about it now. Cause it, I more or less expected it to be in that kind of zone. In yeah. that kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's not going to get to the high highs of the movies because, of course, you're missing Nicolas Cage, which, which is the reason why those movies worked for so yes. many people. But there's a lot of stuff within it, uh, both set and props, mm-hmm. that um, that reference mm-hmm. those films. Okay. So fans of also, the films will have something to, to enjoy there. Yes, but then you also have to remember, wait, this is a world, this movie world, now TV world, where... The Declaration of Independence was literally stolen. Yeah. Shouldn't there be more security <laughs> everywhere now? <laughs> also, this is a world where the president himself was kidnapped. Shouldn't yeah. there be more security in some of these places now? <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but eh, it just, just, that would be fun in your family show, so right. it's fine. All right, well, good to know that that's middle of the, like, firmly in the middle of the road, uh, which is what I expected, more or less, so. Yeah. Okay. But you also watched uh, some uh, Christmas-themed entertainment. Holiday special and kind of timely. Uh, The Santa Clauses, based off Tim Allen, The Santa Claus. But now, and also The Santa Claus 2, and following The Santa Claus 3. Yes. Um, In it, we have The Santa Clauses. Right. Takes place 28 years after the original Santa Claus, and that's right. the exact timeline that we're in right now. Right, right, right. So it's basically, they did the thing, same thing you talked about with the, the Christmas Story uh, sequel, where it's like, we're going to say the exact amount of time has passed since the release of the original film. Yeah, just yeah. so we can say the characters have aged up right. specifically in the same timeline. Yeah. So you have modern day Tim Allen. Yes. Is he? Does he factor in this very much like is he a cameo is he a star like what's going on with tim allen's character here uh kind of the star yeah okay all right uh because tim Allen, you know because it's the santa claus so it's technically about like the family right right of the clauses that he um made and built or created living in the north pole yeah uh following if you don't know what i'm talking about see the santa claus (laughs) too And then uh, from it, from this show, it's Tim Allen wanting to retire, realizing, hey, 28 years has gone by, and yeah. I'm still in the same job. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to keep doing this. Also, right. the Christmas magic is dying. Right. And the only so, way to, in my understanding, is the only way to transfer, according to the lore of the first film, is to die. 
right? Oh, no. That's what the plot really of this mean. film is about, is yes. basically saying, like, oh, there's another way we figured out. Yes, yes. It's, uh, well, fall off not really, you don't really have to fall off the roof. It's technically <laughs> whoever puts on the coat Got will it. become the new Santa Claus. Okay. So, first couple episodes is he's, he's trying to find a new Santa Claus, and turns out the only actor that they actually bring in is Cal Penn. Everyone else is just a celebrity actor. Yeah. So, like, hey, Cal Penn, we'll make you the new Santa. <laughs> but Cal Penn... I wish um, Cal Penn was Santa in real life. Yeah. But living in a current world, a digital world, and um, seeing, basically, that these elves... Tell me if that sounds familiar. These uh-huh. elves can build whatever you want. Uh-huh, right. Basically, magic, magic toys, gifts, whatever you right, want. Yeah. Instead of making um, Christmas come once a year, what if you get it instantly? What if Christmas was every day? What if uh-huh. you could like put like like say I want said item, uh-huh. and then it just magically appears, and it becomes Christmas every day. Christmas on demand. Yes, Christmas on demand. Okay. That would go badly very quickly, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it would make people lose the Christmas magic, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't it? Yes. There's a reason why is it's not a good idea. Yes, there's a reason why it only comes around <laughs> once a year. Yeah, wasn't there an episode of um, Fairly Odd Parents about this, where Timmy wishes to have Christmas every day? Yeah. And it backfires <laughs> on him, too? Yeah. So we this is well-tread ground, is what you're saying. Yes, and that's yeah. exactly what this is. The Santa right. Clauses is is okay. Got it. Pen basically <laughs> makes the North Pole Amazon, <laughs> drones included. Oh, I bet. Delivery. I was just gonna say, are there drones? You didn't. Even, I didn't even have to ask. Yes, drones included for delivery. And when Tim Allen Santa Claus sees how badly this is going, he and his family must rally to. Save North Pole and the spirit of Christmas. And save Christmas, exactly. Wow, what a concept. This sounds terrible. And yet it got a season two, as we announced oh, last week. Gross. What what can they possibly do with this premise with the season two? Still find a replacement. <laughs> All right. Hate to ask this, but how's Tim Allen? I mean, he's getting older. He's also getting grumpier and more conservative. <laughs> How is he in this? Oh. Uh, Fine, he does bring like the the Santa Claus charm to it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, There is one episode in particular where it may or may not actually break the lore of the Santa Claus. I've yet to like fully determine. I mean, they already retconned it with the put on the coat and your Santa thing, so. Yeah, but they try and even retcon it even more. Gross. With a uh, Yuleverse style multiple Santas. You know what? You know what? I said gross, but then I thought about it for a second and I was like, I don't care. Why do I care about the lore of that original movie? It's fine. It's not a classic, though. I don't watch that Santa Claus movie every year. Like, I liked it as I was a kid, but it was because I was a kid. Some people do. I guess some people do. But, like, I just thought, I was like, why am I holding this lore in regard? I don't need to. Like, they should, you know what? Whatever. Let them make up shit. Let let them retcon the original movie. Who cares? Because what if I was to tell you that uh, Santa falling off a roof was not an accident? Dun, dun, dun. Wait, okay. They're alleging that the Santa death in the first movie was a murder? Was on purpose. Yeah, a murder? Was on purpose. <laughs> That's the same thing. That means that means he was murdered. 
No, because it was on purpose. Oh, whatever. Anyway, semantics. No, no, it's not murder. <laughs> if someone is killed by someone on purpose, that is murder. I didn't say they were killed by someone. Okay. I just said it was on purpose. Wait, the, it was suicide? Oh, no. I don't like this. Yeah, like that, that's what they're alleging here. All right. Well, now I definitely don't want to watch this. So <laughs> you have continuously sold, like, sold me less and less on this as you've gone on. Oh, I'm not trying to sell you more and more on this. Sell me. But they did announce the Santa Claus se- season two. Oh, so gosh. that's the only thing that made me like, wait, how do they not wrap this up? Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing that made me curious. I was like, why do you need a season two for this? How did you mess this up so badly that you need a season two? Ugh, sounds obnoxious. All right. Well, that's something I will not be watching. But I guess if you have. So do you think there's any uh, reason that somebody nostalgic for the original uh couple movies i don't even want to even say people are nostalgic for the third one because i don't know if anybody saw that thing um but do you think there's something there here for those people i guess uh there's some stuff uh especially from one and two sure but not a whole lot yeah i don't even think i've seen two i don't think i've seen either of the sequels uh two is when mrs claus needs to exist and three is jack frost taking over christmas yeah. I'm oh, sorry, Martin Short taking over. Yes, Christmas. Martin Short is <laughs> Jack Frost. Yes, I remember. Yes. The ads for that. And, oh. and the uh, toy Santa. The, yeah. the robot Santa. Yeah, no thank you. Yes. Anyways, okay, well that, that exists. So that's the Santa Claus is on Disney Plus. It's there if you know on it. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, nothing else that I watched this week. Yeah, me neither. We've just been watching... Uh, Christmas specials uh, of television shows, and we went. Wa- we watched Charlie Brown last night. We watched uh, our uh, my family tradition, which is all of the other reindeer. Uh, oh, the, on the YouTube. It's on YouTube in several variants. Last night we found a flavor that was up, uh, up uploaded two years ago, which is the original Fox airing on a VHS tape with the original commercials. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many uh, commercials for men's cologne ran. <laughs> In the 7.30 hour on uh, Fox in 1999. So many. And they're all wonderfully cheesy. And it was a good time. So, but yeah, if you got, if anybody listening to this has not heard of all of the other reindeer, it's a classic. More people should be watching this every year. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Uh, Michael Stipe shows up. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, if basically, if you liked the vibe of this, that era of The Simpsons and especially Futurama, Basically, the entire voice cast and writer writers for that first season of Futurama are on this thing. So let that be my advice to you. Seek that <laughs> out on YouTube. Anyways, that's so, nothing new, basically, over yep. here. All right. Well, then that means we can move on to cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? HBO has canceled. Back on the record with Bob Costas after two seasons. So this is the thing that started as on the record, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it went away because Bob Costas yeah. was doing real sports. And then this is back on the record. Right. Now it's over. So yes. Now it's Bob back Costas. off the record. Right. It's off the record. Um, and then we have um, one death. You don't have an age here, but you have a death uh, for Franco Harris. A Hall of you don't have an age here. Oh. A Hall of Fame football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a four-time Super Bowl champion. And yes, 
the man responsible for the Immaculate Reception, my favorite name of a football play of all time. Uh, yeah, he was the one who caught yes. that Immaculate Reception. Immaculate and reception. actually, today is, in fact, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Mm-hmm. There's a big uh, celebration in Pittsburgh today in regards to the Immaculate Reception. I love the Immaculate Reception. It's just a great name, too. It's and That's what I'm saying. It's my favorite name of any football play. Yes. Uh, 72. 72. 72. Age 72. So, yes, he will be missed. The entire... Uh, uh, all the fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers will remember you forever. Yes. Right, uh, in addition to him being like one of the best like running backs they've ever had yeah. in four-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of Super Bowls to win. That's uh, part of the seven time, like the seven years of running of the Iron Curtain or Steel Curtain. Steel Curtain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I saw a TikTok you would have appreciated. The dad was asking his kid what teams were playing uh, on a football team. It was the Steelers yeah. and the Colts. And so the kid goes, it's the horseshoes and the sparkles. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> the horseshoes and the sparkles. Anyway. Oh, the twinkles. Sorry. Christmas the twinkles. Of the... The twinkles. Anyway, let's move on to the last section of the show, which is movies. And we start the weekend uh, the, uh, with the weekend box office numbers. Hey, who'd have guessed it? Avatar 2 is your number one movie. Wow. No one should would have seen this coming. Hmm. Hmm. hmm, makes you think. Avatar, colon, The Way of Water, debuted to $134 million domestic. So, is that your biggest debut of the year? I don't think it is. Second biggest. Second. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is still your biggest. Way of Water is your second biggest. I want to pick up this phone and say that I called this when uh, Black Panther said, came out, I said, I asked you, do you think Avatar outdoes it? I think no. And you said, yes, I was right. Oh, by like $10 million. <laughs> hey, I was still right. Yeah, by so $10 million. Anyway, number two, the aforementioned Black Panther Wakanda Forever, $5.3 million. That's at 418 domestic. Big, big amount, considering 2022 was the kind of lackluster year for the, back, for the box office. Number three, Violent Night, with another $5 million. That's at $35 million. Number four, Pittering around and also now on Disney Plus, Strange World with $2.2 million. That's at 33. And The Menu running out your top five with another $1.6 million. That's at 32. Domestic. So, yeah, Strange World on Netflix or on uh, Disney Plus now. So, if you did not see it in theaters like no one did, you can now watch it in your home if you want to. I will not be. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on uh, to uh, upcoming new releases. Yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah, everything is coming out already yeah. uh, because next week is the 30th. The thing is coming yes. out. Technically, A Man Called Otto is getting released just so yeah. it can technically meet the window for um, Oscar contention. Yeah. Also, limited release. Yeah, very very limited release. release. Uh, but it'll actually be coming out wide release in two weeks. So you'll have to, if you want to see a new movie in theaters, you have to wait till the 6th. And uh hope you like Mithrigan, because <laughs> that's one of the movies coming out on the sixth. Yes. We'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. But yes, Mithrigan, Christy's favorite trailer that she's ever seen, because <laughs> she laughs out loud every time that weird naked 
dances. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our stories. Anyways, yeah, uh, go see your Avatar, or yeah. wait till I tell you about Avatar. Yeah. All right, we got a bummer of a story to start here, but it is kind of a wrap-up of years-long reporting that we've done here on the show. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein was finally convicted in the Los Angeles courts um, this week. Right? No, New York? Yes. Yo, this is Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Because yes. New York, he was convicted already. Yep. But he was not. He, nothing's happened until he was convicted in Los Angeles. Well, finally happened. He was convicted Monday on three charges of rape and sexual assault. But in a split verdict, the jury acquitted him of one of one other charge and could not reach a unanimous verdict on three other counts. The jury convicted Weinstein of raping an Italian model identified at the trial as Jane Doe Number 1 at the Mr. C Hotel in February 2013. Judge Lisa B. Lynch declared a mistrial on the three charges on which the jury was deadlocked. District Attorney George Gascon said that the office would decide later whether to retry Weinstein Weinstein keep going back and forth on those counts. Weinstein, age 70, is already serving a 23-year sentence after being convicted of the same counts during his first criminal trial in New York back in 2020. The New York Court of Appeals, which is the highest court in the state, is set to hear the appeal of that conviction next year. Now, lock him up. (laughs) Like, let's just move this process forward and keep him in jail as long as possible. 23 years, he's already probably going to be in the jail for the rest of his life. Well, he's already 70, so you're talking until yeah. 93. Yes. There's no Plus way he's whatever in LA. Yeah, no, there's no way he survives this. And yeah, yeah. you know what? But you still want to see a conviction, though. You still want to see the justice system serve. Oh, absolutely. And like, no matter kind of what, how this pans out, he's going to get his. And I'm glad. Oh, uh, that's what he's doing. He's like ping ponging between being in prison, serving out his term for 23 years, and in the courts being convicted yeah. as well here in LA. Yeah, but to me, the best news of this is that soon this means we never have to talk to him, talk about him ever again. Mm-hmm. Very close. Speaking of which, very close. Yeah. So yeah, but appeals they always happen, yeah. especially we'll with lawyers. So I don't think he has much of a chance here. All right, all right. It's pretty damning, is what I was saying. It's pretty damning evidence. Well, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Let's move on to a less a less awful story. James Cameron, of course, has been in the news ever since Avatar has been released. He is told Entertainment Weekly that he shot scenes for from a p- proposed Avatar 3 and 4 concurrently with the recently released sequel. He did so to avoid having the younger cast members age out, bringing up Netflix's Stranger Things as an example of the problem of time marching on. The Way of Water introduces Took, played by Trinity Jolie Bliss, who was seven years old when cast and is now 13, as well as Spider, Jack Champion, Jack Champion, who was 12 when cast, but is now 18. Because Champion was, quote, rowing like a weed, unquote, the second, third, and fourth, or first act of the fourth movie had to be done in one production, Cameron said. Producer John Landau also revealed in the same article that upcoming films will feature new biomes. Quote, each movie is going to introduce audiences to new clans, new cultures on Pandora, Landau said. Quote, once we introduce a character, they say part of an ongoing evolution. We just add to it. So you can expect to see the Metkayana, Metkayana, whatever, <laughs> that you meet in this movie in subsequent movies. There are other clans that will introduce in movie three that you'll see in movie four and so on and so forth. Slow mu- uh, movie news week, huh? It is very slow, yes. 
I do not give a shit about Avatar canon, but I guess here's a little morsel for you if you care. So yes, more Avatars are coming, and James Cameron worked these actors to death by making the fi them film essentially three movies worth of scenes in one uh, one period of filming. So there you go. That's oh, the news. There's more to it because uh, Edie Falco also filmed for Avatar 2. Yeah. But she also filmed them like six years ago. Six <laughs> years ago. And just assume that the film already came out and flopped because she never heard from it again. I, I heard that this week. That's so <laughs> like funny. I filmed those like I filmed those scenes so long ago that it's just now coming out. What are you talking about? Yeah. All right. Let's cut to the chase. You've seen Avatar. Yes. This is Let's why see. we had such a slow news yeah. because I yeah. saw Avatar the way of water. Avatar. Yeah. All right. Give it up. Give it to me. You've seen Avatar the way of the water. Uh, how do you feel before we go into the, your feelings of the sequel? How do you feel in 2022 specifically? About the first Avatar film, I recently watched the first. We watched the first Avatar two uh, Avatar film on Disney Plus with my doctor because yes. she wanted to see it. To see what all the hubbub was about. Be like, sure. just to say, I checked it. Yes. You know, I was talking. She was talking yeah. to other people that like, what you haven't seen it? It was like the biggest movie like ten years ago. I was like, well, I was doing doctor stuff ten years ago. So it was. <laughs> he was doing doctor stuff. It's yeah, yes, that she was. Um, so. We saw it, and she liked it more than she thought she, she thought she would. Okay, uh, definitely right. kept her attention. Um, did get very um, we were watching it like very um, Americanized. Um, lots of big battles going on, very Pocahontas, yeah. very thrown throughout there. Yeah. Um, but you know, it kind of ends with you know the deaths of certain people. They were like, okay, like it helps move the plot along. Everyone gets what they want at the end. And like you, then like everyone goes on and lives a happy ending. Yeah. Until the way of water comes out. Yeah. All right. So, couple of big fish to fry in the beginning here. Okay. Uh, then we get to like the biggest fish at the end. Well, yeah, I mean it's the way of water. There's some big fish. Yeah, there, there's a whale of a fish that we subtitled have to with talk. a papyrus font. Yes. Yes. Anyways. Anyways. Um. They bring back dead characters. And I'm not sure how I feel yes. about this. I have heard that this happens. Yes. Yes. How they bring them back is very hand wavy and very well. We just figured out how to do this within both the four year, the five year time gap that we're telling you. Wait, mm -hmm. five year, 12, 15 year time gap that we're telling okay. you? I don't know. Yeah. The time gap that we're telling you, as well as like having people come back and like, that's why um, when you ask me, like, are there, like, live-action people in this, or is this just a cartoon? The, the people from Earth come back. So they, they are back. There is more live-action in here. But there is also more animated scenes in here than in the first one, because you're not ping-ponging back and forth between um, the humans and the Na'vi. Although that's why um, Jack Champion... Spider champion. is in this. Yes. Because <laughs> he is a human who runs around with the Na'vi, with the indigenous people, with the locals. So even though they're there, like there's still a human wandering around with them. Uh-huh. Also, uh, when I read that article, I was like, there's no way that kid looks twelve. That kid <laughs> is too jacked to wear to look like a twelve year old. Yeah, no, don't buy it. <laughs> uh but it is beautiful to look at. It is beautiful to watch. Uh, James Cameron 
taking all those deep sea excursions, bringing them to our to the surface and to our eyes. It is a marvel to see. Uh, it's but then again, we said that same thing about Avatar back in two thousand nine. That it was such a sight and a marvel to see, and yet here we are saying the exact same thing. Even though technology has progressed, so has the technology for Avatar because there's a lot more colors of blues, a lot more different hues, a lot more variety <laughs> of animals within Avatar. I'm sorry, I just want to say I think it's very funny that you start your conversation about the better effects, which there are more blues than you there were in 2009. Yeah. Because they were uh, jungle people. So there's a lot of greens. Green I don't like that blue. term. I don't like that term. Maybe rephrase that. What do you mean? More blues? They were, no, they were <laughs> the culture who lived in the jungle, I guess you could phrase it that way. But, oh, oh, you mean the term the jungle people? <laughs> That's what they refer to in the film as. Are they really? Yeah, they say, they tell them like you guys live in the jungle and our jungle people. We live in the water and our water people. Ooh. This just reminds me when you say that. This just reminds me of uh, Star Wars Episode One. A little bit. It's like oh, there's the water people. We, we, we show up in the water. There's a whole culture down here. Jar-Jar yeah, makes... like, yeah, yeah. These are the <laughs> sand people. They live in the sand over here. Is there equivalent <laughs> of? I don't like that either. Um, yes. Is there equivalent to Jar Jar Binks here? Uh, no. <laughs> Good. But there is a kid. Um, with Patrick Mahomes' hair. <laughs> it's hard to just say Patrick Mahomes' hair. You know what hair I'm talking I know, about, I know too. What you're talking about, yes. <laughs> evocative. Yes. Um, does it look cool? Oh, it looks amazing. Sure. Like, it have to, right? I mean, it's like the, the most whole, expensive like, movie probably second, ever made. Right? The whole second act is nothing but like a nature documentary yeah. underwater. Okay. It's beautifully shot. It's beautifully animated. Everything to look at is beautiful about it. And now we need to talk about the actual story about it. So, okay. So I'll tell you what I know is that I saw a lot of people saying, like, uh, there's somehow more and also somehow less story than the first one. I don't really understand what that means. There's more story because it's a three-hour movie, which means it's about a half hour longer than the first one. Yeah. But there's also less story because it's very one-track minded. You no longer have the Fern Gully hook upon it. Pocahontas. 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 Wow. Hocus Pocus Pocahontas. <laughs> um, a connection with it. Also, apparently they're no longer there to uh, mine an obtainium. No. Oh, now a new uh, resource that they're mining after. Oh, how they sure. figure out this resource, I don't know. I'm kind of curious as to how they figured this out. But it goes into the next uh, exploration of James Cameron, where the first film was about deforestation and how mm. bad that is. This film, Way of Water, is now about the whaling industry and how bad that is. Okay. As if we needed a movie to tell us whaling. So this is literally uh, a Save the Whales movie? Uh, when the, they actually chant Save the Whales, yes, it is a literal Save the Whales movie. Um. Fun fact, one of the uh, Dilbert collections is called Shave the Whales, and on the cover it shows Dilbert shaving a whale. Sorry, anyway, Save the Whales. Yeah, this is a three-hour Save the Whales movie. Oh, boy. Uh, There is some... There are some stories like B plots and, like, uh, the A plot is about the family and sticking together and, like, Mm -hmm. growing with your family. Also, they still see 
other tribes still see um, Jake Sully as the um, alien that he is. Uh-huh. They put it out very clearly because he's got the five fingers and the Navi only have four fingers. Oh, weird. Okay. So it's like, oh, you have five fingers. You're the demon walker. We don't want you here. Even mm-hmm. though we heard about you like taking the sky people, like defeating them in a big, great battle. Mm-hmm. We still think you're like not who you say you are. Yeah. And then Jake Sully's like, well, I'm going to earn your trust anyways. Huh. <laughs> Is he better in this movie? Because he kind of slept walk through the first one. Uh, he's better, but he's also more of like the father figure in this movie than just like the grunt soldier. Right. Which is why I probably think he was kind of sleepwalking in that. Yeah. He's just following orders where here's more proactive. But also boring. it's a lot more about the kids than it is about them. It's, that's why there's a lot packed here in three hours. It goes by fast. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I was surprised how fast it was. But then again, it did get to the end, and it's like, now you're throwing a bunch of other stuff in here. There's a lot of, I'm going to throw some other water films yeah. out there, like Waterworld, like Moana, like even Titanic's yeah. out there as yeah. well. I think he had to do that, because I think that now he knows he has sequels where he can work with some of his ideas. Mm-hmm. Unlike the first time where he probably was like, yeah, we'll see how this sticks. You know, I have an idea of a grander story, but we don't necessarily need to tell it here. Now he's like, no, the grander story is happening. We're in it. We're starting it. Like, He's also planting seeds of a grander story within this. Yeah. While there's stuff that you can like point to and say like, oh, maybe they'll like tell us about like what this is eventually. Yeah. And but now it's like, hey, we'll put, plant these seeds here and there that you'll see, and we'll come about to it in the next film. But while also like giving it an actual purpose within this film as well. So, so that way, if question... you don't get there, you yeah. at least have some kind of a conclusion here. I guess the question then is: is how do you think this compares to the first one, and do you want to see more? Uh, it's hard to say. I think it'll do well at box office. Oh, I think yeah. word of mouth can get people out there to watch it, just like this word of mouth is <laughs> trying to convince you to go out there and watch it. It's mm. very beautiful <laughs> to look at. Sure. Uh, watch it in 3D in the like IMAX XD version. Yeah. Um, at times, it did feel like the frame rate was sped, was sped up, which I did want to look at, but I didn't get to see. If it was at if they did run some of the stuff at 60 frames. Yes. So my understanding is that depending on the screening you saw, there are certain ones where certain scenes are high frame rate. Yeah. Maybe you went to one not even realizing that, that that's what they were doing. Yeah. But I realized <laughs> it when they did it. It was like, you didn't even that, that looks too clean. This has I to be high frame idea, rate. <laughs> I love the idea that you, you, someone who knows more about movies than the average person, even you didn't know you were buying the ticket for the high frame rate version. Oh, I realized that once I was watching it that this is the high frame rate version. <laughs> when in front of you, you were given 60 frames per second. You're like, wait a minute, this looks like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, wait a minute, this looks like The Hobbit. <laughs> this is definitely actually the high frame rate here. We're in a soap opera all of a sudden. What's happening? <laughs> They forget but, to ch- turn motion smoothing off in this movie. I don't know. I thought it was very smooth. Mm-hmm. I, I actually liked it that way, too. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, it might be the one thing to get, like, convince people to go watch it in that kind of environment is how smooth and how beautiful mm-hmm. it looked running at 60 frames. Yeah. But, but... I guess, but it can't be very jarring when you're not expecting it. <laughs> but again, the questions. Let's get back to the questions I asked you, yes. which is one, 
do you like it more than the first one? And two, are you excited to see a third Avatar film? Uh, I think it kind of loses the aspect of what an Avatar is in this second film and kind of like why they keep calling it Avatar, Uh especially since at the end of the first one, He's no longer he an avatar. He's no longer an avatar. Yeah. And even the the quote-unquote avatars that they have in this film aren't true avatars. <laughs> so okay. it's like, the, do you still need the name of avatar in this, even though no one, like none of the main characters, main players in here are themselves yeah. avatars. Yeah. Uh, but I am excited to watch more of this. Okay, sure. All right. Well, I, I liked it a lot. I, okay, all right. It turned me. I'm surprised that you came out positive about it, having literally nothing to say about the story. Oh, the story is very, like, <laughs> plain Jane on your face. It's very sure. for point. They try and do some stuff where it's like, who's your father? Like, what's a father figure? And, like, um, the different, like, tribes and clansmen of, or clans. Yeah, I was going to say, hmm. So the different <laughs> clans clashing. There's three. <laughs> yes, the different clans with the men of the world <laughs> clashing amongst each other <laughs> with their different ideals and uh, personalities. Until you get to like wanting to bang the chief star, then you're like, oh, all, everything's out the window. Fairly yeah, actually- like each other. That actually brings a, a, up a good point. I did see some people saying that, uh, do you think that this is a, a universe and a franchise that maybe needs to rethink its relationship with tribal imagery and indige- and the things they're cribbing from indigenous people? Because I've seen a lot of that take this week. Mm, you mean in terms of like casting? No, I mean in like, for example, using the term chief and like, the setting up not too dissimilar to what we talked about with Horizon uh, when the first game came out. Oh, imagery, right. yeah, the imagery of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it works within its own realm. Yeah, yeah but should should they? <laughs> well, it's very territorial. Yeah, is it necessary? I guess that's what I'm asking. Uh, for the good of their like. <laughs> tribe it is because yeah. you have to put it like in know. their world perspective not in yeah. our industrialized I'm, world I'm just saying that I just I don't love it because like we, your space aliens could be literally anything and this is what the, you choose to have them be you know like you could just make something new James Cameron like just like you know do something that's not just basically using the the themes and imagery of an actual people yeah, but it's also just the themes of the imagery of the strongest warrior leads the leads the people. Yeah, I know, but it, I feel like it's a very easy thing to do. Be like, oh well, it's a tribute to this, a tribute to X and Y and Z. Whoa, we're we're tri- tributing to the strength of the like, and that right. never really rings true to me. Right? Is it a tribute in an, in homage, or are you mocking it? Yeah, or not even mocking it. Just are you using it with like not considering? Right. Yeah. The, the 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 meaning behind it you know i don't know whatever it's a bigger conversation than we have time to cover here but i just wanted to bring that up because because it is something that's come up a lot than what i've seen talked about mm-hmm. this film because uh, i saw people making the argument that it leans into it heavier here than it did in the first one and i was like, kind of surprised by that 
But I guess when you're spending more time on Pandora, that means you have to talk about how their system is set up, right? You have to talk about, as you mentioned, the clans and like yes. how the people are divided. And that means you're going to be at risk for more like, oh, what else can we borrow from indigenous tribes in the way we're setting up this fake mm-hmm. culture? So I get it, but I don't love it, is I guess what I'll say. Yeah. But hey, what are you going to do? The movie's, like you said, still going to make billions of dollars. Doesn't matter what we say about it. It's still going to get people to watch it. It still looks beautiful. And that story itself, much like with the first one, is very thin, kind of milk toast at best. Sure. But But at the same time, you're coming for this spectacle. It's still the thrill ride if you want that thrill ride in the theaters. I mean, this is the best one you're going to probably get all year. Yep. Yeah. No, you're probably right. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that you came out positive, but yeah, like, it's about where I thought it would be. So, okay, makes sense. All right, so that's Avatar Way of the Water. You also watched another movie, and we yes. talked about it earlier in the show. We did. Uh, we actually talked about it earlier this year, because I watched Glass yes. Onion on Netflix. Hey, well, no, I'm not talking about that. You have another one written down on this Google oh, sheet. Yes. yes, but yes, that's our PSA for you at home. We already talked about it. You told We told you how much we loved it. But yes, if you haven't seen Glass Onion, you can now see it on Netflix. It's up. Please do so. It'll make your holiday season sweet. So, but anyways, you saw something else. Yes. Um, as we mentioned, um, Strange World is now available on Disney+. Yes. Plus. Disney's animated feature, Strange World. So I watched it. Yeah. How is this thing? It is both Journey to the Center of the Earth and yeah. Fant- the Fantastic Voyage all wrapped up in one. It, does, it seems like it's supposed to. At least this is what I gathered from the trailer. It yeah. seems like it's like a, a an homage to that era of sci-fi film, right? How much of it is an homage and how much of it is, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to use just these that. exact tropes. Oh, no. See, that's why I didn't want to see it, because like the trailer just basically showed its hand. It was like, do you like Journey to the Center of the Earth? Here you go. <laughs> like, like, I don't particularly. I'm not into speculative sci-fi like that. So I was just like, this isn't for me. So it's not like it's not for me. <laughs> uh, it's Let's say that it, it try, if you've no, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, sure. you're going to love this movie. Okay. It does mm-hmm. a lot of things right for first-time viewers. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of things right for families, for generations, because uh, you have uh, father, uh, grandfather, and son, and the dynamic between them, how a son doesn't want to be like his father, yeah. but then the son is also, or the father is also worried about his son turning out like his grandfather, which they also have a rough relationship with. Okay. Family trauma, I got it. Yeah. You know, as we've seen in, like, the past couple of Disney yeah. films. Every Disney film in the last five years, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. There's some family generational traumas. that I'm not saying through. that that can't be done well, because I'm, you know, I'm the, like, one of my favorite Pixar movies is Inside Out. You know, like, I love that kind of, like, let's yeah, consider... Yeah, but that's drama, not trauma. Yeah, I guess. But, you know... It almost turned to trauma. It almost did. I think it's fair uh, that Coco, for example, like that's yes. another example. Like, there's, it's fair to. That's I love, love those movies because when done well, that can be really affecting to me. But mm-hmm. I get the argument, which is like, does every Disney film have to do this? Yes. Like, hmm. so okay. So some of that dashed in here. Yeah. Um, in addition to it being them just like completely botching the marketing on this. Yeah, because one, you're calling it Strange World, 
Right. And two, it's a journey to the center of the earth. But three, it's also supplanted with the fantastic voyage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the as the more you get into the film, it is just more the fantastic voyage, especially when you get towards the end there. Okay. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, yes. go to the sublime and you'll have a fun time. We'll be like, why do people not like this? And then I'll show you the history of cinema and be like, oh, that's why, because it's just the redud tropes over and over and over again. Now, that being said, um, even though it works in a pretty established template, I have heard on the good side of the spectrum here is that the actual characters are actually pretty modern, um, that they have a lot of um, LGBTQ, like, modern kind of uh, flair on the the characters that they didn't have to do, but they did. And I think that's kind of nice. It's good. And that it's also not distracting. It doesn't hinder the characters as well. They can still be good characters without it being their defining trait. Right. And that's what they do good here. A lot of representation here. Yes. Which is good. But so, yeah, but otherwise they don't really do anything with that. It's just like there. Pretty much. All right. Okay. (laughs) This sounds Uh, like um, something that is like extremely forgettable. Like, are you ever going to watch this again? No, not especially since you know how it ends. Mm, Um, Well, the family has to, you know, find each other, like, find what they love about each other and come together at the end, right? Of course. No. No? No. You just have to, the world turtle just has to prove one of them wrong. (laughs) Wait, is there actually a world turtle in this film? No, it's a metaphor. Okay. But also it's literal, but also it's a metaphor. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Turtles all the way down. Anyways, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's like I said, if you world. Yeah, it's strange world. It's yeah. good for the kids. Sure. But like if you've read any of those other like high like adventure fantasy yeah. adventure books fantasy, or yeah. films, that's okay. pretty much what you're getting here. All right, well, I'm sure that will make a lot of people happy. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like something I could probably do without. So, yeah. all right, fair enough. Anything else new this week before we wrap up? Uh, watch some Hallmark stuff <laughs> for the cheesy factor and the yeah. I'm going to cuddle with you factor. We got to break out that uh, the, the bingo boards and uh, pick a night to do that bingo yep. game we're going to do. Yeah, Hallmark bingo. Yeah. Did you watch anything? Uh, nope. Uh, uh, I showed Christy, as, as we talked about last week, we showed Christy the uh, A Christmas Story for the first time. I believe she said at the end of it that she thought it was, quote, fine, unquote. Okay. She wasn't super into it, but she didn't hate it. So, yeah, yeah it's fine, right? It's fine. Christmas Story. So, but now she understands. As we were going, she was like, oh, yeah, this is why this is. Like, a lot of cultural things got connected which i think the fragile got connected yeah now she understands why that fallout boy song is called what it is which way you'll shoot your eye out yes and why it's called that anyways anyways all right um then that'll do it for the movie section and that'll do it for for us the media Bowl podcast so hey thank you for listening to this special christmas eve edition of the media Bowl podcast as i mentioned at the top of the show our year-end wrap-up series is in progress right now if you'd like to listen to it that is on our podcast feed you can download those by searching media Bowl podcasts on any of your podcast services like apple Podcasts, google play iHeartRadio, spotify amazon wherever you listen we're there if you want to see video versions of our weekly regular 
podcast, you can do so on YouTube. Search YouTube for Be The Above Podcast, find our channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment, click the bell for notifications when we go live. You can also also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaVoteCast. On Facebook, search Podcast, find our page there. And if you want to give us feedback, ask us questions. We don't have a fan question this week, but hey, maybe we'll read yours next week if you email us at MediaVotePodcast at gmail.com. So with that, we will leave you to enjoy your holiday weekend. Whatever you celebrate, have a good one on us. Um, enjoy and we'll be back on Wednesday on your podcast feed for another wrap-up episode about movies this time and then next Saturday for I believe our final episode of the year is that correct yes yes Yes. it'll be the 31st next week so our final episode in season six next week alongside our final wrap-up episode both will be delivered to you in a nice little present Christmas present from us to you uh, at the end of the year Here's present, sure. And then, yeah, I guess after that, we'll see you in 2023. So tune in next week for that. But yep. Have for, yep. Next week, we'll have more news, more thoughts, and more us. All righty. All Bye. right. Bye. Bye.